This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. 30. At the top in this hour, though, I want to, to explore in a little more detail what happened in terms of public reaction, media reaction uh, to the Quebec City mosque shooting. This happened, of course, on a Sunday night, and weren't a lot of media covering it at the time. And it took a long time for details to emerge. Part of the problem, too, and it was, it was twofold, that police in Quebec maintained that until they actually laid a charge against the individual, they could not release anybody's name. Therefore, they could not really tell us more details about what they believe happened or who they believe to be responsible. They did have two people in custody. Those names did emerge and were reported by numerous media outlets, one of whom, it turned out, was a witness and not involved. Problem then, too, is that we had a few hours where police did say, look, we had two people detained. One of them's a witness. One, we believe, is the suspect. But they still couldn't tell us which was which or who was who. So there was a lot of confusion. As well, there were a lot of false news stories floating around on social media. There were rumors, and I think that maybe they started on Reddit, that it was Syrian refugees who were responsible for uh, for the mosque shooting and that they'd been identified as such. There was a parody Twitter feed designed to look like Reuters breaking news that came up with two names and they said were white supremacists and they've been identified as the shooters. So that added to the, the confusion. And even now that we have a better idea of what happened and who police believe to be responsible, I get the sense that there are still some people who say, hang on a second here, that, that doesn't add up. So this may be the kind of tragedy that, that spawns its own conspiracy theories. Well, joining us for some thoughts on how and why so much of this happened, pleased to welcome to the program uh, Rachel Brown, who's with Vice News, uh, vice.com, and has an interesting piece today uh, with the headline, Anatomy of a Terrorist Story. Rachel, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, what's your sense of, of what contributed the most to, to some of the, the confusion and misinformation that was out there? I think a lot of it was, uh, you know, there were uh, there was a span of a few hours after the initial reports of the shooting uh, came out on social media and local French media. Um, there was a lot of things that sort of got lost in translation, both literally and figuratively. There was, um, you know, a few anonymous witnesses telling Radio Canada um, that they had seen two gunmen go into the mosque, one of whom shouted Allahu Akbar. Um, we still don't know, uh, you know, any clarification around that claim, but the fact that there were, you know, it was going around that there were two gunmen. Now we know that there was only one. I think the the, the Muslim, uh, the, the Arabic phrase uh, then fueled a lot of, uh, you know, right-wing extremist hatred and Islamophobia. Uh, they sort of picked up on that. A lot of people on Reddit uh, and 4chan and other other uh, news sites or social media sites picked that up and sort of ran with it. It, it it sort of exploited it to fit into their broader narrative about uh you know islam a sort of anti-islam rhetoric that they had going so i think that there was a lot of room um in the few hours after the shooting happened for you know fake news sites the reuters fake news breaking news twitter account to 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 put out what they did as well as you know for people to sort of run wild with their conspiracy theories 
Right. And, and, you know, and I think maybe it was uh, similar as well with, with people who pounced on the news about, uh, you know, the, the reported two white supremacists. I, I, I do think there is some some yeah. confirmation bias that uh, people yeah. jump to some conclusions about what had happened. And then we're looking for evidence to, to to fit that conclusion. Yeah, I mean, you had some really prominent, uh, well-known uh, American commentators you even had uh President Donald Trump's, uh, you know, advisor Kellyanne Conway tweeting that there was no way that these white supremacists who had, you know, had nothing to do with any sort of uh, event at all, that they couldn't have perpetrated the attack anyway, because these sorts of things aren't perpetrated by white people. You just had so much fake information and, and falsities going back and forth on both sides of the spectrum. And it was pretty amazing to see and still still at this point you have uh, Fox News and other people leaving these tweets online unchecked uncorrected uh, a number of blog posts um, as I mentioned by prominent uh, right-wing thinkers in the states they're still up there and there's these tweets are still floating around yeah, I mean, the Fox News one is odd because if you follow the link uh, on that tweet it you know it, it's got a responsible reporting of, you know, here's what's happened, here's who's charged, and police have cleared this guy. But the original tweet where it says this Moroccan man is is believed responsible, mm-hmm. that, that was still there. So we had, the, we had, had several hours. Story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that, that was odd. Um, how much of it do we lay at the, the feet of police? Because mm-hmm. maybe they could have said more earlier to, to help clear the air and say, look, here's who we believe is responsible. Here's our understanding of what happened. Here's what we know. And th- there was so much time that passed where they weren't releasing any names, even though names were out there. And then they said, we've cleared one person, but not another, without saying who was released and who is still a suspect. That There was this real void created. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to I think we can't blame, obviously, everything on the police. I mean, it was such a, the investigation was ongoing for for so long and I mean it still is the RCMP is still investigating um, and you know they sort of I think were quite responsible in the way that they handled the information that they publicly confirmed that's not to to cover sort of the leaks that were happening someone obviously leaked the background of one of the suspects who was still a suspect at the time and I think a big thing that contributed to a lot of the confusion was even on Monday morning during their press conference they still talked about two suspects they're holding two people uh, that you know under under suspicion and they they didn't clarify that the one suspect had turned into a witness until about you know four you know quite quite late into the afternoon um, so I think I don't know you know what was going on sort of behind the scenes but it certainly didn't help uh, you know quell people's suspicion as you mentioned they didn't mention the names of the people the names of the person that had become a witness from a suspect uh, and it just still left a void for, for these people to sort of um, per- perpetuate their own uh, sort of biases. Yeah. Well, and I, I think even in that, and maybe other people can, can further scrutinize it, but even on that point, yeah, you're right. They didn't have to, to yet announce the name of the individual against whom charges were pending, but they could have said, mm-hmm. this individual, Mr. Belkadir, we want to make it known that, look, we we weren't sure. We, we looked into this. It turns out he's a witness, uh, not a suspect. I think at mm-hmm. that point, given that his name was out there, to specifically say, this guy, we've cleared him. So people would know. Exactly. And I mean, he, Mr. Belkadir himself, who was originally identified as, as uh, Mohammed Kadir, and then by Associated Press as El-Kadir, um, 
you know, he came home at the end of the day yesterday and, and spoke to reporters about sort of what he had experienced. He, in fact, was uh, had been att- had attended the mosque and heard shots and ran outside to help give first aid to some of his friends who were wounded. And he got nervous when he saw a police officer coming toward him, mistaking him for the shooter or another shooter and ran away. And, you know, he told reporters that he can understand that his running away may have caused suspicion, you know, on the part of the police. Um, but it was, you know, really... Is really striking to hear him say sort of I was sitting in the jail cell all night long and I was thinking that my reputation and my dreams for the future were going to be ruined because I was going to be falsely accused of something. So that's, you know, really what's at stake here when when we're when the media and when people online are, are throwing out these names and these accusations, you know, people's lives are are really on the line here. You know, whether or not they end up being charged, it's still someone's reputation is being you know, compromised. Right. You know, and it's an interesting phenomenon, too. I mean, it calls to mind the Parliament Hill shooting uh, or even the, the Orlando nightclub shooting that amid all the, the panic and chaos and horrific incident like this, there, there does seem to be a lot of confusion. We do seem to get all kinds of conflicting reports about what had happened. And in so many of these instances where it turns out to have been a lone gunman, a lone shooter, initially there are often all kinds of reports about a second gunman or a third gunman. And it happened once again here. It did, and I think, you know, whenever there's a breaking news story like this, um, you know, the journalists are going to be talking to police, you know, off the record. There's going to be anonymous sources. There's going to be leaks. Um, but we know time and time again that so much of the information that isn't verified properly, you know, ends up being either a half-truth or, or not true at all. Um, so I think this is another cautionary tale for journalists uh, to sort of really slow down and tr- double check, triple check. Just it's better to wait instead of putting information out there. Um, it's definitely easier said than done. It was very difficult to sort of keep up with everything that was happening. Um, so yeah, I think this is just you know another moment where we as journalists have to sort of sit back and and reflect on on what's what 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 our jobs are and also. Um, there's a big responsibility, I think, on on these right wing commentators that have hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers. They need to go back and delete, either delete the tweets or better yet, I think, you know, go back and say, point to the tweets that they have with the misinformation and say, look, this was wrong. Here's the correct information um, and, you know, sort of set the record straight. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, more at uh, Vice.com. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. Appreciate it. Good chatting with you. All right, take care. Rachel Brown, uh, reporter with Vice News, uh, and her piece today, Anatomy of a Terrorist Story, uh, and how some of the, these rumors and false narratives and misinformation spread once we first heard about this shooting late into Sunday night through Monday before police finally came out and said, okay, here's who we've charged. Alexander Bissonnette is the person we believe responsible. He's charged with six counts of first-degree murder, five counts of attempted murder. So Mr. Belkadir, I mean, look, and in fairness to police... They had to make sure that there was not more than one person involved. And even Mr. Belkadir himself said, uh, look, I understand why you know, police did what they did. He had gone back into the mosque after hearing the shooting, was providing first aid. Uh, he saw someone come in with a gun, panicked, understandable given what had happened, and, and fled. So... Let's take a break here. We're going to come back. 403-974-8255. Some more time for your calls and your text and uh, your thoughts on everything that's transpired over the past 48 hours here. This is Afternoons on News Talk 770. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.